the Philadelphia desert. 532 square miles of radioactive wasteland. A place where only the desperate, the hungry go, looking for scrap, for anything they can sell to the inhabitants of the doomed cities to the north, so they can get a ration tablet, a vaccine against the nanobot plagues, or a couple of minutes inside an auto dock. Lost in the wind-strewn sand, I was this close to death, inhaling the plutonium-encrusted silica blowing through my long past the expiration date rebreather. When I stumbled on the most important artifact that has ever existed, I found the Messiah. I looked down into her eyes. They were open, blue eyes that did not so much reflect light as cast it, and cast her mind into mine, which is why I am now her prophet and can tell her story long before it even happened. Pandora Machine presents Earth Killer, starring Robin Kurtz. Episode 1, The Messiah Awakes. myself up onto my elbows. There is something in my hand. The room I am in is a small room. I recognize it as a class two autodoc incinerator. The kind used on space stations. Tower failure during reset. I can't remember anything. The thing in my hands, it is a necklace. The chain is aerospace-grade polyceramic aluminum wire. It has a melting point of 4,200 degrees Kelvin. There is also a rudimentary computer on this station. It answers to voice commands. Where am I? This is the orbital battle station, Dominion. Yes, that makes sense somehow. There was something I had to do, but I don't know what that is. I am naked, no clothes, no uniform. This does not bother me. I feel no pain, but there is char and soot on my torso. The most important thing is that I have no memories. 
I am alert, but it is as though my mind has reset. What is my name? I'm afraid I do not have enough information to respond. Secondary, secondary defense weaponization complete. The door. Secondary defense there. It is a stage three interlock. There are scratches on it. It has been bypassed externally. Whoever locked this meant to lock me in. So I punch the interface with my fist. I'm very strong. And apparently I can punch through metal plates. This is important for me to know. I walk out of the room and into the corridor beyond. On the floor, there are four dead soldiers. Their blue uniforms are made of neoplastic pressure skins. They are unarmored. I intuit this because these uniforms are made to fit under armored spacesuits. For some reason, they aren't wearing their spacesuits. There is blood everywhere. I can read the rank insignia they wear. One of the soldiers is a corporal. Her body is bent at an angle which I do not believe humans can normally bend unless they are very broken. Her blonde hair is pulled back into an efficient ponytail, but covered in blood. I lean over her to get a better look. Her eyes open. She reaches out to me. What's wrong with you? What is happening to your skin? You have to kill me. On the front of the corporal's tunic is a release. It's there because it is important that medical personnel be able to get access to vital organs inside the human torso. I snap open the clasp. She's all torn up inside. The only thing holding her together is her shredded undergarment. Those important internal organs are all in a mess inside her chest cavity. Who are you? Please, kill me. I can't do it. I don't want to kill you. By your enemies, you shall know yourself. She reaches up to the collar of her uniform and releases the tab. She clutches at a necklace around her throat. It looks very much like the one I have, silver chain and black amulet. A cheaper version to be sure, but aesthetically similar to mine. She holds it to her lips, hands trembling, and she whispers By to it. By your enemies you shall know thyself. By the dark you shall know the light. I watch helplessly as the corporal starts to convulse. Something oily and liquid moves underneath the skin on her face. 
she writhes in pain and then she puts the barrel of her gun under her chin. She blew her brains out the back of her skull onto the bulkhead. I still have her shoulder in my hand and as I lift it away I see the unit patch sewn into the side. Terran Special Forces. Soldiers approaching. From the sound of it, it must be two of them, moving fast. I quietly go back into the incinerator, but I do not close the door all the way. There are two soldiers outside in the corridor. They've just shot one of the corpses in the head. Dude, what the H? Sarge says we gotta server them or they come back. Crust and Gorm, this one did herself for us. Fine with me, makes our job easier. That's some messed up Normus right there. Get the last one. No plug and wait. I only shoot at live people. Shoot at dead ones is some psycho crazy ass doo-doo. We gotta do it to everyone, don't be a whiner, Tennyson. No way, Race. <sighs> Even our own guys, if it comes to that. This mission is smirked up beyond all recognition right here. Tennyson, take their guns too. Through the barely open door, I can see these two are Alliance Airborne soldiers. Black uniforms. Light-duty armor designed to protect against momentary decompression and fragmentation. Race, what in the F-Town are we doing here? We gotta finish the sweep. I got no ideas who's friendlies and who we're supposed to be killing. Just shoot at anything that moves. Yeah, well, you're moving, Raze. I got you in my sights. Where's your god now? If you pull that trigger, Tennyson, I swear I will come back and I will hunt you down and carve your bones one by one out of your flesh while you're still alive. Yeah, probably would. Personally, Tennyson, I hope one of them gets a grip on you so I can be the one to put you out of my misery. That's it. I'm leaving. I joined the military. I didn't sign up for a hostile work environment. <sighs> we can't just go. Oh, yes we can. Sweep, done. Go, we do. We have to consecrate the dead. Forget them. They're not even our own guys. I mean, uh, I think. Vaya con Dios, that you might sleep well and quiet. I can see the one called Rays kneeling over the body of the corporal. Interesting. She too has a necklace. She cradles it while praying over the body. I'm not planning on taking a bullet while you're talking to dead people. Rays leans over the body of the next dead soldier. Vaya con Dios, that you might sleep well and quiet. She makes a motion, first closing the eyes of the dead, then putting her open palm against their heart, then the back of her cupped hand against their lips. Look, they're not going anywhere. Can't we do this later? You might sleep well and quiet. Okay, that's, that's, that's all of them. They all have eternal life now, so let's go. The corporal, Rays, shoots each of the corpses in the head. Whoa, 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 whoa. You don't need to shoot them again. Eternal life, that's what I'm afraid of. 
I only see one of the soldiers walking away, so I push my way out the door further to look. Freeze, Ben! There's a gun pressed against my head. It was a trap, and a good one. Corporal Reyes, who was walking away, spins toward me. Her weapon is a Molt Ketridge FE-11, selectable full auto, three-round burst, and single-shot 3.5-millimeter flechette rifle with gyro auto-leveling and a red-line night scope with hollow display. She has black boots with soft soles. Her uniform is matte black, designed to be flexible and skin-tight with built-in heating and cooling. On top of that, she wears a mid-length jacket, black, with depleted aluminum shielding in the liner. She wears her hair cut short and a hard look in her eyes to hide her striking, pale-skinned beauty. What's the password? What? What's the countersign? I have no idea. Waster race. She's special forces. I haven't seen the face of the man behind me. I can tell he's tall. I can feel the warmth of his body. I can tell he hasn't washed in a while, yet he still smells good. He shakes slightly. I suspect his blood sugar is low from not eating in the stress of combat. We're supposed to capture any live ones. I think she's not alive. Can't we just found her dead? I am not terribly afraid of the gun pushing into the back of my skull. I can feel that the caliber is relatively small. Instead, I'm more interested in Corporal Ray's, whom I can see. Her lips are chapped, but a beautiful scarlet against her light skin, perhaps because she's been biting them. So I'm surprised when she addresses me again. Who the gormless naff are you? Special forces don't take prisoners. Well, are you? Am I what? Special forces, dipweed! I don't know. Name, rank, and serial number. Give them up. I don't know. Are you one of ours or one of theirs? I... I don't know. It would help if you were wearing some clothes. Like, any clothes at all. If you had a uniform, we'd know whether we're supposed to shoot you or not. Let me see that. Delicately, she reaches out and takes the medallion hanging from my neck in her long, gentle fingers. I can feel the sweat coming off her hand as she examines the nano-obsidian. Your necklace has an inscription. What does it say? It's in Neo-Chinese. It says, um, Helen? <laughs> Gravity shifts from an impact on the stage. I spin on Tennyson faster than he can pull the trigger and pivot the weapon back on him with my hand on the trigger. This is the first time I've actually gotten a look at him. He's tall, like I thought, and thin. Olive brown complexion. Not lanky, but muscular. He's been punched in the face several times in his life and no autodoc has been able to fix his nose properly. But he may have wanted to keep it that way to seem more intimidating thinking he was too handsome already, and he would be right. He's stripped off the top of his uniform, 
so that he's only in a general issue sleeveless t-shirt, trousers, and boots. The air temperature is well above the body temperature of humans, and his flesh glistens with sweat. His dark hair, unwashed for days, lies matted against his skull, and I can tell he hasn't gotten any sleep in a very long time. I hold the gun at his head, hoping he isn't so humiliated by a naked woman that he does something stupid. Oh, oh, holy fish, race! She must be an android. Shut up, Tenny. No way. No way she could have done that unless she was a freaking combat Listen, droid. shut up! I'm telling you, man, she couldn't have done it. Okay, lady without clothes. We have a Mexican standoff. You got the drop on me, I got the drop on you. How about me and Tennyson take a little walk? Out of here and you have your crisis of self all on your own, okay? 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 Helen? The soldiers decide they won't wait for an answer. Tennyson, now unarmed, backs away from me while Ray's covers him, keeping her gun trained on me as she walks backward and disappears at the end of the corridor. The assault weapon I took from Tennyson is a Kruger Arms DL-41 recoilless rifle. There are 672 rounds left in the gun. The DL-41 is a trash piece of kit. I don't want it. I drop it on the body of the corporal. I intuit that it's time to go. I'm on the move. I walk into the causeway to the right away from Ray's and Tennyson. Something is coming behind me. I do not understand where I am or what is happening. My situational awareness is minimal, so I decide it is best not to be located until I gather more intelligence. The causeway is over 30 meters long. What's the best direction to go in? Up. You've been listening to Earth Killer, written by Andrew Belware and Montserrat Mendez. Story by Montserrat Mendez. Produced by Laura Schlachtmeier. Starring Robin Kurtz with Ben Yeager-Thomas as the Prophet, Karin Rosinek as the Corporal, Tom Rowan as Tennyson, and Zoe Anastasiu as Rays. Composed and directed by Andrew Belware.